And, uh, and when you wake up, just try and yell amen, not woo, because, you know, <laughs> we'll all know that you were just activated by the Prime Timers Accountability Program. <laughs> this week only, this week only. Um, it's that time of year where people start spray painting their yards blue and green in anticipation of real green coming. Uh, the earliest spring tulips are just around the corner. Uh, it's almost time for spring planting and to, uh, I'm excited this week I get to move our pineapple plants to the back porch. Um, you may not know this, uh, Harper loves gardening and all kinds of things. Um, and, and she came home like a year ago and said, hey, if you cut the top off of a pineapple and plant it, it turns into a pineapple bush. And I said, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we have two of them now. Um, and so I thought this would be a fun little like two or three month experiment. Well, it takes one full year before they produce pineapples. So this is um, the second winter in that the pineapple plants have been in my bathroom. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, but I'm excited that they move out with their aloe friends because spring is coming and the pineapple plants go outside. I'm sure you're all moving your pineapple plants outside as well. And after months of, of hibernation and just kind of storing everything in our homes, as the days get warmer and longer, uh, it's time to come out of hibernation and have some spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. Um, you got to get out and dust all the patio furniture off. Spring sports are about to start uh, for kids. There's so much coming up. Uh, Northwest, next week, in March, our, one of our spring traditions, uh, we've got March for Missions kicking off next week. And if you're new here or don't know what that is, uh, March for Missions is where we spend every Sunday in the month of March uh, talking about our missionaries, talking about God's mission in the world, and talking about how we can partner with God in that mission. And there's so many different ways that we do that, whether it's by serving or loving or ourselves going to talk to people about our faith. Uh, but one of the other things we do is we raise on the last Sunday in March all of the money that goes to support our missionaries for the entire year uh, all over the world. And we've got some great missionaries. We'll tell you about them next week. Um, so be praying even now for our missionaries and for our giving and our collection uh, and we'll get into all of that all of next month. Uh, we'll have three guest speakers coming in, uh, Jim Baird, uh, James Simmons, and Ryan Russell. Uh, so they, Some of you clap. That's great. I'll tell Ryan you miss him. Uh, but it's going to be fun. We're going to have a great month with March for Missions. About 20% of our annual budget goes to mission work uh, around the world, and a lot of the rest goes to helping us be missionaries here. Uh, so we're going to find ways to celebrate all of that next month. But today I want to challenge you to do some spiritual spring cleaning, to, to really evaluate what parts of your heart and your mind and your body and soul need to be kind of brought to the light and cleaned up a little bit. It's easy for us to ignore some of our problems if we haven't look in, looked in the mirror in a while. Uh, there's an old Febreze campaign. Uh, where there was an ad where, where people would talk, go into their house, and when you're in your own house, you don't smell your own stink. You know what I'm talking about? But someone else comes into your house, and they go, you've got pets, huh? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. Why? Uh, you, you're nose blind, right? 
and, and so there's this whole nose blind campaign that Febreze put on for a while that challenged you to maybe step outside and come back in and see if you need to buy an extra Febreze for your house. Well, today we're going to, to explore whether we might need a little bit of uh, spiritual blindness removed. To look in the mirror and see some of the areas of your life that could use some attention. I got the idea from uh, Melissa Fletcher this week, who's a spiritual care advisor and blogger. And she kind of went through and laid out the different areas of our house and our selves, our souls, that need to be cleaned up a little bit sometimes. And she began by talking about how we need to declutter and take out the trash. We have a tendency in our homes to gather junk and clutter uh, and with things that we don't need. And the more stuff you have, the harder it is to find what you need the most. Everything that you don't need is in the way. And so we have a need to declutter. And this is true in our Christian lives as well. There's a lot of times, uh, there's a, a spiritual principle that you need to know what your most important things are in life and make those your yeses. That you say yes to the most important spiritual realities and callings that God puts on your heart. And then once you have that yes, you have to protect it with a hundred no's. I'm the worst at this. Minister confessional. Uh, I would often find myself trying to do uh, 50 good things, and I end up doing 50 good things badly, rather than, rather than doing 5 to 10 good things with excellence. And there's times that we need to take a step back and evaluate, have I allowed my mind, my heart, my calendar, my schedule, uh, my, myself to become so cluttered that I can't focus on the most important stuff in my life right now? And if you have done that, it's time to take out some of the least valuable things, to give those to someone else who can use them better than you can and do them better than you can. Uh, it's time to do a little bit of decluttering. Um, uh, it's been said before that multitasking is really just choosing to fail at lots of things at the same time. God may need us to focus a little bit more on the most important things he's put in front of us. And if you're parents with kids at home, you need to have your kids' names and, and passing faith to them at the top of that list. And if it's not, it's time to declutter a little bit. We need to scrub and sanitize. Over time, our attitudes and habits can become toxic and tainted from the environment around us, and we need to intentionally clean our thoughts. Uh, I've got some bad news for you. It's on TV, and it's all bad all the time. And that can become toxic to you. You can get caught up in the spirit of anger and anxiety in our world. You can get caught up in, in complaining about your conditions all the time. The nature of the world we live in is to pursue the negative and the bad, and it's becoming contagious in so many ways. As Christians, we need to scrub and sanitize so many of the bad attitudes that are in our hearts and minds, and the world is, is just dumping on us all the time by cleaning our thoughts, cleaning our spirit. And the way you can do this is by taking the P48 test. P48 is for Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. P48 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
think about such things. This scripture, if you put it in practice, will scrub your heart of the negativity of this world. It will actually clean your mind if you turn off those influences that lead you towards anger, anxiety, despair, and complaining, and turn on things that move you towards goodness and what is true and what is pure and what is praiseworthy. If you focus on those things, it will change your view and perspective and attitude of the world around you, and it will feel good but you have to change your inputs to change what's in you. You have to change what you focus on if you're gonna change what you're able to speak about. You have to change it by focusing on the blessings that God places in your life and not focusing on the burdens. My mom taught me when I was a kid uh, that my room wasn't clean until it was vacuumed um, or looked like it was. One or the other. Uh, everything put away and then vacuumed. Um, now, I had a couple of habits, uh, and some of you came to my house when I was a kid, and you're not going to be like, you're kidding. Uh, you just know it to be true. Uh, a lot of times, I would put things away by putting them under the bed or behind the closet door on the floor. Uh, or if the drawer could shut, it didn't matter if everything in it was folded, right? Just as long as it got all the way closed or close to it. And you just kind of start tucking all the things in all the places to where it looks clean enough that you can go back to, to doing whatever you really wanted to do. Um, Mom would come in and say, have you vacuumed? And I would say, oh, yeah, I can. And you can vacuum enough that you don't get to all the stuff hidden under the bed and under the dresser and in the closet. But as long as it's vacuumed, I'm done. And then I run away before someone finds all the evidence of the things I've hidden. I think sometimes in our spiritual life, there are places, not only in our house, but in our heart, where there's some stuff that gets swept under the rug. There's some times that we take the things that we don't want to mess with, and we kind of just push them out of sight and out of mind. And if God comes in and says, uh, did you vacuum? We kind of go, yeah, just don't look very hard. And in our prayer life, we kind of you know that you're doing this in your life because you start shortening your prayers because if they get too long, you're going to talk about what you don't want to talk about because you've got the stuff under the rug and you're afraid if you're around God too long. In class today, we were talking about Genesis chapter 3 where God comes into the garden and he says, where are you? And it's kind of a weird setup because we know that God is really, really good at hide and seek. He knows where you are. And he says, what, are, what have you done? And they said, well, we're naked, so we hid. He says, who told you you were naked? God knows the answers to all these questions. In our prayer life, we sometimes go to God and, and are as ridiculous as Adam and Eve are in Genesis chapter 3. Where God, we go before him and, and we go, God, thank you for the weather. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this day. Uh, I want to ask that you help things get better at work. And I need to wrap this prayer up real quick because you're probably about to see all the stuff I'm hiding under the rug. You know what? You're not that good at hiding. He already knows. He's just waiting for you to own up to the stuff you're hiding. When it comes time to vacuum our room and get the stuff that we've hidden under the rug out, there's a good spring cleaning goes into the dark places of your heart and your mind and gets real about it. 
Jesus said on one occasion, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus understands that there is a purity and an all-the-way-through goodness to those who are really doing the heart work. That from your lips and what comes out of them to your heart and what you've hidden deep down in there, that when there's a goodness there, you become a whole, pure person. You own the dark stuff. For Christians that are willing to do the spiritual spring cleaning, that might involve talking uh, to a counselor if it's some really deep-rooted stuff. A trusted Christian or mentor, someone that you can go to, a brother or sister, and say, hey, I need to air out a little bit of this, a little bit of this stuff in my life. There, there's, it's often said uh, that light is the great disinfectant of secrecy and shame. If you're willing to bring that stuff out to the light, it tends to clean itself up. Sometimes you've got to do some work to deal with it. Get that out of your life and really do the work of getting clean all the way through from your words to your heart so that the good stored up in your heart is really good all the way through. Own the tough stuff, get out what's under the rug, and really do the cleaning that needs to be done. Confession helps a lot. With a brother, sister in Christ, a counselor, a minister, our shepherds are always available. Uh, or it may just be that you need... And it's that light that really brings cleanliness, right? Jesus said, let there be light. And God says, let there be light. And there was light. We're told later in John that Jesus is the light that comes in the world and the darkness doesn't understand it. If you let Jesus in, he's going to help clean you up. And that might mean that what you really need is to finish that prayer you've been cutting short lately. That you go to God and say, God, you know I've been hiding and I know it too. So let's just talk about it, me and you. And I'm going to own it, and you've already forgiven me, but I need to get the cleansing done in this spring cleaning. I need to get the cleansing done in this season of restoration and, and rejuvenation. I like this. Yeah. Uh, because God is the God who cleans us up. Uh, but sometimes we need to also do the dusting. This, was a, this is a newer thing to me, dusting. Uh, it's something that my wife has believed in for many, many years. Uh, but I was later to the dusting game. Uh, if you've ever seen the movies where the drill sergeant you know, goes through and puts on the white gloves and you know, do, goes, slides it under there and up on top of the bunk and every single place, those white gloves, and then they get that little speck of dust and they go and they say, you have failed and cleaned nothing. That's who I married. Um, <laughs> who I married. And, and so because I thought once the vacuuming was done, the house was clean as long as everything was tucked into the rugs and, and the drawers closed. I thought that was clean. And, and then my wife taught me that it's not clean until you've dusted. And uh, we've been married almost 17 years. Uh, proud to say that it only took me about 15 years to get on board with the dusting thing. If you're a, a younger married man or a more newly married man and you want my advice on how soon you should adopt your wife's cleaning practices and habits, here it is. Hold out as long as you can. 
Hold out. Because once you buy in, the list is longer, and you can't act like you don't know anymore. You've got to know. So do with that advice what you will. Um, but dusting matters. And the reason that dusting matters is because what, when dust really layers on your, your furniture, what you really have is the dirtiness of yesterday becoming a problem in the present. Dust is an echo of yesterday's mess still causing you problems in your life today. Um, and before I act like I've learned all the lessons, I, I walked by this morning one of our pieces of furniture on the way out, and part of it uh, was dusted, and you could tell because it made a smiley face. So I'm fully aware that this sermon means I have to go home and clean the house. It's just, <laughs> it's the takeaway. You should too. Um, if yesterday's mess keeps piling up in the present, you need to do some dusting. Layers of past dirt can make it hard to live in the present, and so often we as Christians let our past sins stack up in our lives, and we let it become shame, and we let it become uh, guilt. And, and I've talked about this before. Guilt and shame are two sides of the same coin. One is of God and one is of not. Guilt is what God uses to prompt us to change our bad behaviors and move towards good behaviors. That's good to be guilt, feel guilty, uh, and it moves you towards health, and it me moves you towards cleanliness. But when you get stuck in shame, it's when Satan takes that guilt that God gave you and makes it something that holds you in a place where you can't get clean. That shame holds you in a place where you can't get whole. It holds you in a place where, where you're stuck letting the things of the past cause you problems in the present. And when you get stuck in shame, you got to do the dusting. you got to get rid of the past stuff. Because here's the truth. God has already forgiven you for that stuff. If you have been, been washed in the blood of Christ, then you've been forgiven for your past stuff. And so if you're going to keep hanging on to the shame after God has already forgiven you, what you're telling God is, God, listen, I get that you've got these standards of like forgiving me for my stuff and loving me through all of it, but I've got better standards than you, God. I understand that I need to keep holding the past over me. I understand that I need to keep being rigid in my, my beating myself up of the past in a way that's going to keep me from being who you need me to be in the future. Don't you think God just looks at us and says, stop, stop. I forgave you. If I forgave you, why can't you forgive yourself? I've got more important things for you to do than be crippled by the mistakes of yesterday. So God calls us to do the dusting, to get rid of the past and come into the present so that we can be his people doing spirit work in the future. You need to give yourself the grace and forgiveness that cleans a dirty soul because God already let his son die on the cross to cleanse it. Receive the gift he's already given you. And then once your house is clean and the dust is dusted, uh, you got to go after the junk drawer because it's just a spring cleaning kind of thing. Any of you guys got a junk drawer? Confessional time. Yeah. Does that look a little too familiar? Is that causing anyone some anxiety just looking at it? Okay, you need to focus on what is true and pure and good, and it's not that. That's anxiety-inducing, right? 
Every house has that one random drunk drawer with the pens, the paper clips, the combination locks, the extra keys to things you didn't own for a decade. They're all in there. The super glue that's totally dried shut, but you need in case. It doesn't work. Throw it away. The junk drawer. Whole house is clean, but don't look in the junk drawer. And some of us have that one area of our life. That even when you're in a good place spiritually, you don't want God to look in that drawer. God comes in and you said, God, you see me, you know me all the way through, and, and, and you know all that is good in me and all the stuff in my past, and you've forgiven me for all of it. God, you are so good and loving. And he says, can I look over there? And you go, over where? There's nothing to see in this drawer. There's nothing to see in here. Don't look in my bank account, God. You can have all my life, all my worship, all my praise, uh, but God, don't, don't look at my bank account because I've got some stuff in there that's a little bit messy. God, I want to ask that, that if you are going to look in me, you can go all the way through me, but don't look at how I talk when I'm at work. I'll give you the praise of my lips and the praise of my heart when I'm at home and when I'm at church and when I'm with my family, but at, at work, God, don't worry about that. This is my junk drawer. Maybe it's that uh, there's just that little area of your life. Maybe you've got into internet gambling and you're getting addicted to that. Maybe you've got other addictions of substances that you just consume all the time. And, and you're just doing it on the side and it's not interfering with your other stuff. So God, just don't look in the, the junk drawer. God doesn't work that way. God wants all of you. God wants you all the way through to be his. God wants you to surrender to him, to let him bless you fully. And to do that, you've got to go after your junk drawer, whatever it is, that one little corner of your life that you don't want God to come in and be part of. And the last thing is this. Uh, I learned this lesson uh, from house cleaning a few years ago. Occasionally, on special occasions, or when I fall too far behind on the dusting, or we've just gotten busy and chaotic, um, we'll hire someone to come in and do a little bit of extra cleaning at our house. And I don't like doing that, because I think I'm as good as they are. And so, <laughs> I came up with a plan a couple years ago that I thought was foolproof. And the plan was that, that on a day when I was supposed to have something else going on, I stayed at home while Leah was at work, and I was going to clean the entire house and make it spotless. And then when she came home, I was going to tell her that I surprised her by hiring a company to come clean our house. And that she would say, wow, they did a great job. And I would go, aha, I told you I was as good as them. We don't, we don't need to do that anymore. And um, the problem was, and some of you already see where this is going, is that, <laughs> is that Leah came in and she was so gracious and so grateful and she walked around and she was like, well, thank you so much for, for setting this up and arranging it. And, and, and after trying to be as gracious as she could for a while, she goes, were, um, were they cheap? <laughs> they were regular price, why? And she said, well, because, you know, maybe we won't use this company again unless they're like a really good deal. Well, well, actually, I cleaned it. <laughs> and she said, yeah, I kind of suspected. <laughs> and so occasionally now we hire people to come in and do the cleaning. 
the reason that I uh, was exposed in this is that I am not the best at the real buffing and shining, that, that real lemon-scented smell, that real uh, wood polish aroma that fills the house when the, the, the real cleaners have been in the home. I lack that little bit of bonus, that little bit of, of extra. Uh, and so I'm a cheap cleaner um, that's not for hire. So now, just as you go, full disclaimer. Uh, and you're all sitting here like, we've heard the stories. No one's going to hire you after this sermon. Um, God wants to do the stuff that doesn't just make us clean, the stuff that makes us shiny, the stuff that makes us feel new and fresh. He wants to come in and freshen you up and make you shine a little bit more day by day by day. How does he do that? For those who are in Jesus Christ, God does this by placing his spirit within us. And that through the Spirit, we receive more love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. I love the Hebrew word ruach. I love it. It's, it's a word that means breath and spirit and wind. And it kind of means all those things wrapped into one word. And so you have in the beginning of the creation, God's spirit hovering above the waters. And in the beginning, God forms man out of the dirt and he breathes his breath into him and gives him life. And Jesus says in, uh, on one occasion that the spirit blows where the spirit's going to blow. There is life in the Spirit of God. It is always moving, always creating, always giving life, always blowing in you and around you, producing the fruit of God's character in you. God desires to imprint upon His children His character, love, joy, kindness, goodness. And when His Spirit lives in you and is moving through you and around you, God's going to do stuff with you. He's going to shine you up. He's going to give you that fresh, clean house smell. You become a transformed person that becomes transformational in the world. The question is never, will the Spirit blow in your life? The question is always whether you will do your part and put up your sails to let the wind move you or whether you're going to lower the sails and put down the anchor. The question at the end of this sermon is, are you willing to do the evaluating work of looking into your heart, into your mind, into your habits, into your soul, and saying, where can I use a little bit of spiritual spring cleaning this season? Where can I let the Spirit clean up something that's gotten a little bit dusty? Where can I let the Spirit shine up a part of me that's a little bit underutilized? Where do I need more of God's love and patience and goodness and kindness? Where can I let the Spirit blow me and transform me and shape me as I do a little bit of spiritual spring cleaning this season so that God can do in me and through me the many things that He desires for my blessing? This spring, I hope you do more than spring cleaning at your house. I hope you open your heart, your mind, and your habits to the cleansing light of God's love. And then do the work of letting him transform you so that you can be his person. If you need to respond to the invitation this morning to become a Christian, to receive the Spirit, to let God do uh, his work in your life, come forward this morning as we stand.
and sing. Hey, hey.